The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. The mission of this radio show is to enable every listener to achieve their career aspirations and advance their careers to achieve their potential and meet their financial goals. Now, here are your hosts, Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Welcome, Ken and Cheryl here, and we're with Dr. Richard Miller, president of Franklin W. Olin College of Engineering, and we're going to be talking about transforming the future of engineering. On a recent program, we discussed the challenges of higher education in the face of rising costs and global competition. Today's guest is at the forefront of transforming higher education through his leadership in an innovative college of engineering. Listen in for an inside look at how education can be transformed to achieve a better future for us all. Now to introduce our guest, Dr. Richard Miller, is president, as I mentioned, of the Franklin W. Olin College of Engineering, where he also holds an appointment as Professor of Mechanical Engineering. Previously, he served as the Dean of the College of Engineering at the University of Iowa, where he introduced the first Technical Entrepreneurship Certificate Program for engineers in the nation. He also served on the engineering faculties at the University of Southern California and the University of California, Santa Barbara. Dr. Miller has won five teaching awards and was recognized by the Mass High Tech Journal as an all-star for his work in leading the establishment of Olin College. He has served as the chair of the National Science Foundation's Engineering Advisory Committee and on several advisory committees for the National Academy of Engineering as well as other institutions. In addition, uh, Rick served as a consultant to the World Bank in the establishment of new academic institutions. Welcome, Dr. Miller. We're delighted to have you join us today. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, most people think of engineers as people who want to build things. What prompted you to enter an academic career instead of pursuing a career in your chosen engineering field of study? You know, that's a really good question. Um, It turns out that I've discovered I do like to build things, but I'm instead using my talents to try to build an institution rather than to build a bridge or an airplane or a device of some kind. And I also found kind of early in my career that I have a lot more interest in people than I do in things, which is somewhat unusual for engineering people, but not as unusual as you'd think. Well, we get a chance to work with engineers all the time in uh, the various organizations that we assist um, here uh, primarily in the Houston area, but also uh, engineers who are seeking to change their careers around the country. So we've had a lot of experience uh, and have noticed, um, you know, the focus on organization, the focus on systems and processes, and so I really admire the mind of an engineer. But I think you're, you've really hit on an important area, and as we get into the program, we'll let you share more about the uniqueness of the Olin, Olin College. 
uh, we recently saw the article in the Wall Street Journal um, that mentioned Olin College, and we're very impressed. So for those who may not be familiar with the college, tell us how it was established. Sure. Olin College actually was the vision of the F.W. Olin Foundation in New York, um, a foundation which was established in 1938 and had a long history of philanthropy in higher education. In fact, they had uh, given the money to build, I think it's 78 buildings on 58 university campuses around North America. But in the 1990s, they decided to end that program and to devote the rest of their resources to starting a completely new institution. This was done somewhat in frustration with the need for change in higher education, and it's sort of natural resistance to doing that. And in engineering in particular, where there was a great deal of unhappiness about the way engineers are prepared today, uh, this was the result somewhat of a number of studies at the National Science Foundation and the Accreditation Board for Engineering and Technology and in Industry. In fact, there's a list of things that are needed to be really successful as an engineer in the 21st century that weren't available uh, in the 20th century, including things like entrepreneurial thinking, uh, creativity and innovation, the ability to work together on teams, on multidisciplinary problems, and the ability to anticipate unanticipated con consequences of technologies like global climate change and so forth. Uh, these are the, the list of things that the National Academy and the um, uh, National Science Foundation had identified. So the Olin Foundation decided in the late 1990s um, to devote the rest of their resources to starting over in higher education in order to create a new model, in fact, specifically to create a new paradigm for engineering education that would address all of these concerns. Now, they actually considered a number of alternatives before this. This was not their first choice. Uh, the first at first, they considered simply giving all of their resources to a really fine engineering institution somewhere that was doing everything right uh, in hopes that that would spark change and make everyone else and maybe even this particular institution continue to be innovative. But their advisors, and I believe they met with about 100 college presidents a year, uh, who were always coming around asking them for ad advice on getting funds for a new building. And these folks advised them that that probably wouldn't be a very effective strategy. If someone got sort of the good housekeeping seal on their forehead, they might not be as open to change in the future. Next, they considered finding um, a really fine private university somewhere that had everything else except an engineering school, and then possibly providing them the incremental money to create an engineering school to add to their uh, program. They decided against that after concluding that the culture on the campus, the um, faculty reward system, and so forth would be inherited from the parent campus and probably would lead to the same kind of resistance to change that they were worried about um, in general. So they decided that that might not be the best approach either, and eventually they decided they really had to start all over again uh, with a uh, blank sheet, uh, create a new institution, and to make sure that it was really not going to be just like every other institution. So um, they considered locations on the West Coast, on the East Coast, in the center of the country, and eventually chose the place where they are, where we are, 
because of the presence of Babson College, which is a uh, very well-known business school in the field of entrepreneurship. Um, they did this in order to make sure that the DNA of the engineering students would be mixed with the DNA of the business students at Babson. Um, this has been a, a very successful strategy for us so far, and we are literally adjacent to Babson College so that our students can show their ID cards in their gymnasium and in their library and in their student health center and so forth, and we didn't have to build those sorts of facilities on our campus. So in a nutshell, um, that's where the, the school got started. Rick, what uh, I'm particularly impressed with is the fact that you're Students appear to be involved in entrepreneurship from day one. You get them involved in business and learning projects and learning business uh, right out of the chute. Uh, share with us some of your successes. I'm, I'm looking at your uh, information sheet here. And graduates of Olin's first five classes are already making a difference in the corporate world and academia where they're a broad spectrum of abilities and perspectives of making them into natural leaders and innovators. Talk a little about it about that for the benefit of our listeners. Uh, it might not be obvious to everyone that entrepreneurship is an important di dimension to engineering. Let me just tell a very short vignette about this, how I first became uh, interested in it myself. About 25 years ago, I was teaching at the University of Southern California in Los Angeles, and I had a, a group of students that were taking a course in structural design for the aerospace industry, and I had colleagues in the aerospace industry who had sent me problems for the students to work on, the same problems that they were working on in their company. At the end of the semester, we had student teams making their presentations to a, a group of about 20 engineers from companies who were watching. And one of the first teams that made this presentation at Olin uh, did a fine job, and their sponsor from this uh, aerospace company stood up and said, well, congratulations. Um, you know, you folks have done a remarkably good job by the way, you've inadvertently stumbled onto our patent in this area, which is worth a $200 million contract for us. Now, these students who are just about to graduate, they came up to me after the presentation and they said, Dr. Miller, we have a couple of questions for you. First of all, what's a patent? Oh. And number two, how do you make money from ideas like this? I mean, we've had lots of courses in thermodynamics and electric circuits, but nothing that had dollar signs in it. Uh, oh, and by the way, I'm going to graduate in a month, and I have this employment contract from this aerospace company, and right below the signature line on the employment offer is this paragraph about intellectual property and uh, something about if I sign this, then, then I have to give them ideas, or you know, what does that mean? Is it okay to sign this? And I said, uh-oh, <laughs> they're right. Um, we don't have anything in our, we didn't at that point have anything in our program about entrepreneurship, about patents. Uh, in fact, I had gone across the street and I talked to the uh, business school, which is a very fine business school at USC, and I asked them, you know, do we have any courses in intellectual property and patent law for engineers? And they said, well, yeah, we do, but they're all in the MBA program, and undergraduate engineers can't get there from here. Um, since then, by the way, USC has really moved the ball forward. They have a wonderful program that enables a lot of this to happen. But 25 years ago, none of, none of the schools did. Um, and that certainly sensitized me to the need for entrepreneurial thinking among engineers. Um, fast forward now to just a few years ago, the National Academy produced a, a book called Educating the Engineer of 2020. 
And in this report, it specifically identifies um, entrepreneurial thought and action for graduates in engineering schools as a fundamental skill set to be successful in the 21st century. Now, the way we think of it, in order to produce any really successful innovation, and by innovation I mean a change that's so profound that no one can remember what life was like before it came around. Um, imagine, for example, the cell phone or the Internet or the airplane or the automobile. It sweeps the world, and it's so successful people don't remember what life was like. In order for that to happen, there has to be always three ingredients. One of those ingredients is that the, the idea has to be feasible. In other words, it has to be consistent with what we know about natural law today. Nothing in the real world happens that's inconsistent with natural law. So it's always going to be important that engineers understand uh, the laws of nature and mathematics. That's our, that's our core. But that's not enough. In addition to being feasible, it also has to be viable, meaning that it has to be an idea where the costs, the dollars and cents, the amount of capital required to create it and the amount of revenue required to sustain it. All of this fits within the financial world that we see also. That, of course, is traditionally independent from an engineering education. And in order to appreciate that, you need uh, some exposure to business and entrepreneurship. By the way, there's a third requirement, which is that whatever you create must not only be feasible and viable, it also must be desirable in a free market. People must want to do this. Well, that's and a great place to stop right there. Uh, Dr. Miller will be right back with more insight into the future of engineering. Stay tuned. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, go to BetterJobBetterLife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world-class resume. Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively. The key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa, where America learns to invest. Are you unhappy with your life? 
Looking to get unstuck from your rut? Are your fears of happiness, love, and success holding you back? You deserve a second chance. Tune in to Second Chances with Susan Armstrong. Each show will help you find your inner success. Whether it's financial success, relationship success, or the happiness and freedom in your personal life. You'll hear from Susan and some of the most influential guests who are talking the talk and walking that walk. Second Chances airs live Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the hosts about today's show? Please send an email to TCS on air at TCSWorldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Ken and Cheryl here with Dr. Richard Miller, president of Franklin W. Olin College of Engineering. And uh, in the last segment, um, Rick, you were sharing how. You've really married uh, engineering with entrepreneurship to create a whole new curriculum. And um, how how are you really changing the definition? Excuse me, the definition of engineering as a result of this this approach. Well, thank you for the question. That's a really important one. In fact, one of Olin's primary purposes is to try to broaden the definition of engineering. Engineering is a discipline which is not as well understood as as uh, Others, such as law or medicine, um, most of the students who begin to study engineering don't really know what engineers do, and they know that it has something to do with science and math and probably making things. Although the science and math part is very prominent in an engineering education, the making things is not. Um, what Olin is trying to do is to define engineering in a more general way. Our, my favorite definition of engineering today is that an engineer is a person who envisions what has never been and does whatever it takes to make it happen. Now, the interesting thing about that definition is that you could replace the word engineer with the word entrepreneur and get to just about the same point. So an entrepreneur is a person who envisions what has never been and does whatever it takes to make it happen. And in fact, you could also replace both of those words for in some context, with for example, with the word artist, who also envisions things that has never been. There's, there's a sense about this definition that deals with creativity and that deals with taking initiative. And entrepreneurial thought in action is all about identifying opportunity and taking action. Obviously, science and mathematics play an important role in any engineering education, and they're unspoken in that particular definition, but they're understood to be the foundation that we stand on. Rick, let me give you a perfect example of uh, what you're saying. Uh, You might have seen the show uh, CNN Heroes. I think it's one of the great things that CNN does, and it highlights the heroes all over the world who have made tremendous uh, contributions to uh, you know, relieving poverty and helping people all over the world. Uh, and watching the show, um, there were at least half of the recipients who received their awards that were involved in engineering innovations. And that's, partic- that's exactly the 
contribution you're talking about. So it's going on all over the world, even though most people don't recognize those uh, innovations as being engineering, and they really are. That's exactly right. In fact, the National Academy of Engineering wrote a book about the turn of the century uh, called the, I think it's called, The Greatest Engineering Achievements of the 20th Century. And it identifies what the contributions of engineering has been. And if you rewind the clock back to 1900, when I believe the average lifespan in the U.S. was somewhere in the 40s, and now it's in the 70s, uh, there's been about a 30-year increase in lifespan, much of which is attributed to the work of engineers in creating clean drinking water across the U.S. But obviously other major changes include electrification. Uh, This country was not... Uh, there was not widespread accessibility of electrical power in those days. Uh, the automobile, the airplane, all of these uh, things uh, are huge innovations that engineers are responsible for. But if you look into the 21st century, the picture is a little bit different. Uh, in fact, the National Academy has on their website now uh, what's called the 14 Grand Challenges for the 21st Century. And, and I won't go through them, but they're in sort of four basic categories. They have to do with sustainability, with security, with health, and with what we'll call the joy of living, which has to do with personalized education, reverse engineering the brain, and so forth. These have a lot more to do with people. They're problems that are global in scope. They transcend time zones. They transcend political boundaries. And they all of them will require um, close integration with social sciences, with economics, with political science, with human behavior. Uh, in order to be a successful engineer in the 21st century, you need a lot more in your toolkit besides uh, mathematics and science. You need to understand enough about human behavior to be able to anticipate how people will actually use things. And this might even include understanding of religious context, because how things are perceived in one culture might be completely different in another. And the beauty of this show, Rick, is uh, the biggest obstacle, in my opinion, to so many things are political. It's feasible for one country, for the fact, or another, one, for one people, but not for another. I mean, all of these uh, engineering innovations are designed to help mankind across the board, and no one disagrees with. That's the beauty of exactly what you're doing. Mm-hmm. At the same time, uh, Rick, it's it's really important to look at the economic um as you mentioned earlier, viability of, of different changes. How does Olin see itself contributing to our national competitiveness? Well, it's pretty clear, at least to those of us at Olin, and I think to some in the National Academies, if you're familiar with reports called Rising Above the Gathering Storm, which I'd highly recommend, it's pretty clear that this country depends heavily on our ability to generate sustainable technological innovation uh, to um, export to the rest of the world. We, do, we make more money on that than we do on practically anything else. And if you think of it, where does that come from? Uh, well, engineers are at the heart of it, and yet um, the number of young people in each generation who are interested in a career in engineering seems to be uh, declining, not in absolute numbers, but in the percentage of the total population. Um, this is at a time, of course, when the rest of the world, when Asia in particular and South Asia, are increasing the number of students on an absolute scale who are studying engineering. We aren't. Um, and we're, in fact, 
um, looking for ways to save money by outsourcing the routine aspects of those jobs to other countries. This might have a major impact on the country's economic future. We need to do something as a country to attract our best and brightest and our most creative young people into this field and to broaden its definition so that it includes relevant topics that are important to the young people, topics that have to do with sustainability and with health and with security. Uh, And that's exactly what Olin is trying to do. In our program, we're trying to produce young people who are motivated uh, to make a positive difference in the world on a large scale. Uh, That's what it means to be an innovator, an engineering innovator on a large scale. Uh, At at Olin, we recently partnered with other institutions, uh, including, for example, Duke University in North Carolina and University of Southern California, to initiate a program called the Grand Challenge Scholars Program, which is available to engineering students in every state, uh, in every university. Uh, these students will, will be getting a degree in engineering um, at their own institution, but they will do five additional things that will allow them to qualify as a Grand Challenge Scholar. And as a result of that, they will be um, identified and given a certificate by the National Academy of Engineering. Uh, these five things in, include um, entrepreneurship. They have to do something specifically in entrepreneurship, a study abroad project, an interdisciplinary work with people in the social sciences, um, and also um, working with um, students that are underprivileged uh, in what we call service learning environments so that they're dedicating their services to help people in an, in an underprivileged community. So we think that by bringing a larger percentage of America's best and brightest into this um, problem area and working interdisciplinary um, teams with people from other disciplines to solve major problems, that this will eventually help all of us uh, economically in the U.S. Rick, uh, share with our listeners uh, the uh, degrees you actually offer from uh, Olin. Olin offers Bachelor's degrees in engineering. Those the only the only degrees that you can get from Olin are engineering degrees. There are three different disciplines: mechanical engineering, electrical, and computer engineering. And a third option is just called engineering, where students are able to tailor the um, courses a little bit more to their personal interest. Excellent. Well, uh, earlier um, we mentioned Dr. Mark Taylor's um, book, Crisis on Campus, and uh, we had him on a show recently, and he discussed the need for change in higher education. And it's interesting how much of what you're suggesting about Olin uh, parallels what his recommendations are. One of those is the end to tenure. How has Olin uh, been able to accomplish that change? Well, the Olin Foundation, as you know, wanted to create change and wanted to create an institution which would welcome change on a, on a constant basis. To make sure that we got it right, they write in their founding precepts, which you might think of as the last will and testament of a major donor who said, you can have this money to found the school provided you follow these guidelines. One of those guidelines is that Olin College shall not offer tenure to its faculty. There are other things in this set of guidelines which are equally important, by the way, including the college will not have academic departments. So we don't have an electrical engineering department and an English department. Our faculty are all organized in an interdisciplinary way. Uh, We also have not 
uh, charge tuition until this past year when the economic realities forced us to to reduce the size of our scholarship significantly. But every student at Olin still gets a 50% tuition scholarship for all four years. And finally, the school also uh, is committed to continuous innovation and change. Wow, that is so fascinating. Well, I can't believe it, but our uh, second segment is up. Um, is there one thought that you'd like to leave uh, with the audience, uh, Rick, as we come to our close? Sure. Let me just say where you can find more information about the school. Uh, on the web, if you went to www.olin, that's O-L-I-N dot E-D-U, you can find a wealth of information about the history and about the, um, the uh, academic program itself. Thank you so much. We're really uh, inspired by what the work that you're doing and also uh, Olin College, and we want to thank you again for taking time to be on our show today. Rick, thank you very much. We appreciate having you on. Thank you. It's a privilege to be here. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world-class resume. Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively. The key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. 
Do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Kenneth Cheryl here. And uh, what a fascinating guest uh, Ken uh, Rick was in talking about Olin College and the many innovative things they're doing with um, their curriculum for engineering and entrepreneurship. And, of course, we've emphasized the importance of entrepreneurship um, very, very frequently on our program because so many of our clients, as they're seeking the next best uh, step in their careers, uh, are looking at entrepreneurship opportunities or consulting or contract opportunities and so forth. And especially in a recessionary period like we've been facing for the last couple of years, um, people have to be innovative uh, in their own careers in order to be successful. Uh, what are your thoughts, Ken, uh, <clears throat> you know, following the election here? Uh, what do you see uh, on the opportunities coming up <clears throat> for individuals? Well, let's use our own personal example. Uh, we spent the weekend in the Hill Country and met with a um, uh, general in the Army about uh, helping the uh, military, uh, both active and uh, reserves, coming out. Uh, this general spent his time uh, literally during the holidays. Uh, we have more plans to meet with other organizations, other individuals uh, during the holidays. So uh, our thoughts are these. You have, as an uh, individual interested in becoming an entrepreneur or someone who's already an entrepreneur, you have a golden opportunity to seek out and meet with lots of very, very interesting people who have <clears throat> a huge amount of interest in your background. Uh, do as much as you can relative to uh, introducing yourself either by email or phone or letter and let them know you know who you are and the fact that you're going to be at this conference or this meeting or whatever it happens to be. And you'll be amazed how many people will actually seek you out to talk to you about your thoughts, your ideas, and it's a perfect opportunity. The other thing that it does is show these individuals that you are a very serious individual, and while lots of people don't do anything over the holidays relative to their career or their advancement, you, on the other hand, are doing exactly that, and that uh, as we like to say in our system, uh, makes you different than anyone else. You're a one percenter swimming upstream as opposed to the vast majority of people swim downstream, and you are a perfect example of the kind of person they'd like to bring you in or organization. Uh, well, that's exactly right, Ken. I was speaking, uh, speaking with some clients before coming over for the show, <clears throat> and uh, they were very buoyed, uh, very encouraged, I think the election has uh, in, in kind of um, made people more positive about uh, the future. I think um, companies, uh, whether they're small or large companies, are more encouraged that there'll be some uh, clearer direction and not so much uncertainty uh, involved in the economy, which always is an incentive for companies to get moving and to um, be a little less um, protective of their budgets and their their cash uh, and are, are willing to establish new positions that they've been thinking about, maybe creating uh, new projects or, uh, or new joint ventures, as our last guest mentioned, how much uh, joint venturing they're doing in order to um, 
advance their agenda. And I think it's true uh, with job ser- uh, seekers that you need to look, be on the lookout in the news uh, and also on the Internet as you're exploring uh, various websites of companies that are forming joint ventures, that are starting new initiatives, uh, because this is where um, the opportunities open up. Uh, Ken, this weekend when we um, ran into a couple, um, they happened to be from Houston, and he was mentioning how he got a new job opportunity because of a small company that is looking to grow, and they opened up uh, an opportunity for him as a result. So always being on the lookout uh, and keep your eyes uh, open to the opportunities. The other thing that uh, we focus on and really emphasize to our clients is the fact that uh, in during the holiday season, a lot of the business activity really slows down. And that creates a huge opportunity for you because a number of individuals and companies, a number of entrepreneurs are not nearly as busy in their business as they normally are. And when they see that you are going to be... Uh, either in town or out of town, it's a perfect example. This is what I was mentioning earlier. Uh, Cheryl and I uh, drove to the Hill Country and met with this uh, gentleman in San Antonio, and uh, and he took the time out of his busy schedule to meet with us because he had the time that he normally might not have, and it was an outstanding meeting. I think, too, is just the psychological leverage, Ken, of uh, your uh, going out of town uh, if there are companies that you want to meet with or certain executives, uh, people in your field that you want to connect with uh, when you're out of town, that psychological leverage of you're only going to be there a short time can sometimes um, cause people to make time on their calendar to be available. Well, I think it's really uh, a misconception in general, Ken, that people think that because the holiday season has started, business ceases, and we have found the opposite to be the case uh, in all the years that we've been working with individuals to help them in their job searches. And sometimes we even get actual placements uh, during the holidays. And uh, so do not um, be discouraged if, if you, for one reason or another, have lost a job and you're just now beginning your job search. Uh, my best and our best advice is do not take a lot of time off. This is a prime time for you to be organizing your campaign uh, to be getting your A-plus resume in shape, as we like to say, and most of all, using the opportunity of this festive uh, festive time of year when people are getting together for little get-togethers, organizations are holding their Christmas and holiday parties. There are lots of opportunities like that to meet with people you wouldn't otherwise have access to than when there's uh, these kind of festivities going on. A very realistic uh, scenario is uh, one that occurs every November and certainly into December, and that is that employers are looking to fill any openings before the beginning of the year, which is a perfect time to actually interview. Uh, even though most people don't understand this, lots of interviewers and lots of companies are actually looking to meet with and interview people to fill actual positions that are created. So everything is in your favor when you take the initiative to make it happen. 
Well, in fact, I have several examples of where that's the fact with our clients, Ken. They're getting interviews, um, even have offers uh, offers on the table. Uh, some of our executives uh, uh, who may have taken a little time off, uh, having 30-year careers and so forth, are just feeling the pressure that they need to get back engaged in their in their campaigns because there are things bubbling up. There are opportunities happening, and they don't want to lose the opportunity to be included uh, in the you know the interviewing process and being considered for those positions, even if the company may hold off till January uh, to make their actual selection. And their competition is much much less, uh, as you can imagine. When companies are interviewing over the holidays, uh, instead of having hundreds of people to look at, oftentimes it's dozens. And when they actually come to who they're interviewing, uh, instead of uh, six or eight or ten, it might only be one or two, or in some cases you might be the only one. So you're doing a tremendous, uh, helping yourself enormously because uh, you're taking the initiative to make it happen. That's exactly what our system is all about. Another uh, point that I'd like to make, Ken, is that it's important to uh, just join into the holiday spirit. I mean, don't feel like you're dampening it by mentioning that you're currently in a job search or that you're looking for another opportunity. Uh, People are positive. They want to help. They want to reach out and make a difference. So um, be very open uh, if you are currently in a job search or if you're just wanting to advance your careers and you want to use this time of year of when there are a lot of networking opportunities uh, going on, face-to-face meetings and parties and so forth, This is just a great time to talk with people about their careers, how they found the opportunities that they have, uh, what's uh, happening that's new and fresh in their particular company or in their segment of the industry. People love to share what they're doing and to share what their successes are and to what's happening kind of in their own little world. So we give them an opportunity to talk about these things, and you'll never know what... um, opportunities or referrals they might have on your behalf. But follow our system. Follow our advice. Instead of going hat in hand and woe is me, chicken little sky's phone, I need a job. You're there to achieve better job, better pay, better life. You have an A-plus resume. You have an A-plus interviewing style. You have an A-plus formula for success. You study the company. You've done your homework, and you're going in ready to make money and save money for the company. And that's exactly what the employer is looking for. And when you come in with that attitude, they're going to say, wow, am I impressed with you. And the interviewer psychologically is in his mind thinking, I'm going to have to have a bigger job for this person. I'm probably going to have to pay them more money, all because you follow a system of prepare across the board. Well, preparation is the key. It's just like the holiday festivities. Look how much preparation you need to have a great layout, to have, uh, uh, you know, the the spirits and, you know, whatever you're going to have to share with people. It takes preparation. Well, the same thing with your job search. And so we encourage you to be organized, to get your toolkit together. And as Ken mentioned, uh, follow Job Search, a total system. Uh, we have it available not only in book form, but also in subscription form on the Internet. You can go to www.totalcareersuccess.com, and you can also access our seven free videos at www.betterjobbetterlife.com. Well, when we uh, come back from break, we'll have more tips for you on using the holidays to your advantage, so stay tuned. 
news, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, go to BetterJobBetterLife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world-class resume. Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively. The key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com. Michelle Kors, Six Degrees is your connected consciousness. Six Degrees is what comes around, goes around radio. Committed to delivering a fresh perspective on thought-provoking, investigative information that can change your life. Six Degrees connects you to the social and emotional scene and is your trusted advisor from finance to romance, mainstream to metaphysical. It's a positive, upbeat look at life, love, and the pursuit of passion. Get connected Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's practical, positive solutions for a happy, empowered, and successful life the internet's number one talk station number one talk station voiceamerica.com you are listening to total career success with ken and cheryl dawson do you have a question or comment for the hosts about today's show? Please send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Ken and Cheryl here, and we're talking about how you can get into the holiday spirit for a better job, uh, for better pay, and a better life. And we covered a lot of tips in the first uh, or the last segment, Ken, and one of those was that you should let people have an opportunity to share where they are in their jobs, in their careers, uh, in their companies, and people love to share. But another uh, side of the coin is that you can share information that you've found as you're looking on the Internet and talking with people that would be useful to those individuals. So when you have that exchange of information that you've gained and it will benefit others, they then feel obligated to help you. It's the process of reciprocity like we talk about so often. And so remember that giving is really better than receiving. This is a great time of year to be giving. And in that situation, you create better results for yourself as well. So that's a tip that I always like to recommend at this time of year. 
for those of you who are technologically savvy, and if you're not, we really recommend that you are, there are just so many opportunities today for you that never existed uh, when we began our business. Um, there, every day there are new and innovative ways of communicating and uh, reaching out to people, and you have so many opportunities to be creative and innovative and uh, share your thoughts and ideas. And as Cheryl just said, uh, helping, other, helping others, giving to others is typically a way to have people uh, contact you. When they say that you're truly interested in them and helping them, they in turn will reach out to you and return the favor. And that's what reciprocity is all about. We have uh, so much that we do electronically these days. And uh, whether you're doing traditional holiday cards or you might be sending an uh, electronic uh, card this year to your friends, this is a good time to connect with people, associates, of course your family, let them know what you're up to, what you're looking for. And uh, really I recommend a personal note uh, for those close contacts that is actually handwritten, just a quick little note. Uh, encouraging them, but also sharing with them what you might be looking for uh, personally. And there's nothing uh, more gratifying than to receive a personal note from somebody. To uh, and it gets them thinking about, well, gee, I wonder how I could help Joe or Jane, whatever, whatever uh, the case might be, uh, at this time of year. And you know, just even to connect by telephone with people that you haven't talked with in a while, wishing them a great. Um, Christmas or holiday uh, experience and, uh, you know, showing concern for their families. These are just common, uh, common sense ways of connecting with folks and giving them a feeling that you care about them. And in turn, they'll certainly uh, share the experience. Cheryl, share with our listeners um, some specific ways they can use technology to contact and impress employers over the holidays. Well, you know, just as I left the offices, we were conducting um, one of our networking sessions, and we had our expert on uh, LinkedIn sharing with uh, our clients about how they can use social networking to also advance their job searches. And there are so many uh, techniques to it. But, I mean, first of all, you've got to have your profile completed. And it's not that hard to get 100% completion uh, on your um, uh, LinkedIn profile or other, if you're going to use other social media, that's fine. But the LinkedIn is the one that's most professional. I had one client who stopped by my office and was asking me a question about putting results uh, from his resume on the um LinkedIn, on his LinkedIn profile. Now, I don't recommend putting a lot of detail as it relates to the resume, more of a summary of different companies you've been with and positions that you've held, maybe a couple of accomplishment statements that you think are powerful, and asking a couple of people to to be your um, to make a recommendation on LinkedIn. Um, now, we go far beyond that, Ken, and maybe you'd like to share how we what our recommendation on references is, but as it relates to LinkedIn, to have a couple of your recommendations there is really uh, an excellent technique as well. Well, references are absolutely crucial to the process, and you might think that uh, references only are uh, people who can speak to a very small segment of your background, but actually uh, we highly recommend that uh, references across the board are those that speak to 
any contribution you can make to a company as it relates to how much you can make them and save them. And remember, that's the only reason companies hire anybody is to have people who make and save money for the company. So think through all of the people you have in your reference uh, network, uh, those that uh, maybe are people you worked with in the past, those that you're currently working with. And if you're looking at something entrepreneurial, think about those people in your network who are entrepreneurial. Oftentimes, People sit over the holidays and they think of innovative and creative ideas that actually began businesses. These are the kinds of things that you can be doing uh, 24-7, literally, around the clock, to enhance your career, enhance other people's career, and become very successful in the future. I think it's important, too, uh, you mentioned the importance of uh, having different types of references uh, speak to your experience. As the same token, you need to be thinking about your transferable skills to different types of organizations. For instance, I had one client uh, approach me and was saying that, you know, he had been in really large companies, the multi-billion dollar companies, and he happens to be in the insurance field uh, and risk uh, uh, planning for risk uh, abatement. And he said he, he thinks he's scaring away some of the medium-sized companies with his these large um multi-billion dollar deals that he's dealt with. And so we strategized about putting percentages of improvement into some of his accomplishments to get away from the the huge numbers because he really wants to target those mid-sized companies. And there seems to be more opportunity right now for the medium and even smaller companies. So be mindful of how... um, your experience is being viewed by organizations. Ask for people's opinion as you share with them your resume and the accomplishments that, that you've been able to achieve and get their feedback so you know kind of what, what people are thinking about and how um, how you are impressing them uh, with what you've done and what you can do for them. The other thing that we might recommend is uh, for those of you who are traveling over the holiday or going to see family, uh, uh, your trip may not only be personal or family-oriented. Uh, while you're there, if you're spending a week or a couple weeks in your old hometown or wherever it happens to be, uh, look at organizations that happen to be there that are interviewing or could be interviewing over the holidays and, and combine business with a pleasure, uh, meet with uh, executives and companies while you're meeting with your family, and you'll be amazed at the number of uh, business executives who are receptive to having someone come in and uh, meet with them over the holidays because lots of times it points out that you're going over and above what most people do. You're taking the time and effort during the holidays to focus on business as well as pleasure, and that's a very, very positive sign for employers. Uh, Well, we just have a minute coming up here. I want to uh, remind everyone that even though the Internet is a great tool for your job search, don't fall into the temptation of using kind of waiting out the holidays, surfing the Internet. You want to go out and be face-to-face with people as much as you can. Well, we hope that uh, you've had um, some learning opportunities here today, uh, both with our guest uh, from Olin College and also with the tips on how to energize your job search during the Christmas holidays. So we wish you all a great uh, week and look forward to being back with you next week. Have a great holidays, guys. Congratulations and good luck in your search. 
thanks again for joining us this week on Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Remember to join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.